You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Freedom, Part 3 of 3. Enjoy. Your religious tradition, I'm going to ask you to be bold this morning and just look at Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's going to help us do that, okay? Because if you can get away from your past religious bondage and tradition and what man says is right or wrong, and if you can develop a relationship with the living Christ, you're all set. He will remove every bondage from your life. He will remove and break every addiction. You will be totally free to be who he created you to be. But man's religion can't do this for you. So I, I need to, to, to say this regularly because people aren't used to church like this. They're used to... Church like this, right? Don't do anything. Don't step outside the line and do what you're told. And, or you, you, you might get in trouble with God. That's not Church. That's man's religious tradition, it's bondage, it's ignorance, it's legalism. Christ came to bring you into a a real, living, vibrant, joy-filled, victorious relationship with him. But you can't get there through man's religion. So we started this place to give people a physical place to come and get free and know him in a very real way by simply believing him. No strings attached. Isn't that awesome? And how precious it is. And what I was getting to is in order for us to do what we've been doing since 2014 and to continue doing what we're doing, I had to say yes to the Holy Spirit back in 2012. We started in 2014, but the Holy Spirit started speaking to my heart in 2012. And, you know... When, when there's nothing physically in front of you and God is asking you to do something that uh, you can't see with your physical eyes, that, that can be an opportunity to not do it, right? You can think, well, how's that going to happen? How are we going to do this? What's, what, what are the next steps? But all you really need to know is that the Holy Spirit is leading you to do it. Now, not only did he call my wife and I and my family to start this. Do you know he called you to be here? That's the the, the side of calling that oftentimes people don't understand. You're called to be here. So you can eat what he's prepared for you. So you can have worship like this in a corporate setting. I love worshiping at home, just me and Jesus. I love that. I wouldn't trade that for anything. But this is something I wouldn't trade for anything either. To be in the presence of people who are free, worshiping God who's free. Hallelujah. What we have here is very precious. And you have a calling on your life to be a part of it or you wouldn't be sitting here right now. Don't forsake what God has paid a pig price to bring to you so that we can have this. This doesn't just happen. There's a lot of sacrifice that went into doing what we're doing today. A lot that you'll never know about. 
A lot of putting down the flesh, a lot of facing the devil head on, a lot of standing on the Word of God, a lot of believing God for every need of our lives. And, and this, is, this is not a small thing. This is something God did for you so that you can have a physical location to come to with people and stand together and know the one who made you. Okay? Recognize what you've been given and step forward in your calling. Be a vibrant part of what God is doing. Don't miss the table he prepares for you each week. Let's pray before we continue. Father, we thank you. Lord, you just blow our minds. There's no one like you who loves perfectly with no agenda, with no strings attached. We ask you to uh, clear the fog from our thinking this morning. Strengthen us, Holy Spirit, that we can rise above our past, that we can let go of our past experiences, let go of the bondage and the, the ideas of man and religious tradition and come face to face with you this morning and see you as you are. We thank you for healings manifest in our midst, for bodies made whole no matter what's wrong with them. Because you've provided that. We thank you for, for bondages broken as we gather. Bond addictions to anything, any kind of external substance. We thank you for bondages broken. We thank you for depression destroyed and joy filling its place. We thank you for confidence in place of despair. We thank you for beauty instead of ashes and the oil of joy instead of mourning. We thank you for a garment of praise instead of a heavy, failing, burdened spirit. We thank you for new life. And we give ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're talking about freedom. And all of us have an idea of what that is. But you really have no idea what it is until you come into a relationship with the one who made you. Galatians 5.1 says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Don't let anyone put a yoke of bondage on you. Christ came that you would be free. Well, what is freedom? Freedom is knowing God without man's or sin's limitations. Freedom is an unhindered relationship with Him. Freedom is unrestricted access to Him 24-7. We were talking about that with some friends last night. There was a time in my life when there were no stores open beyond a certain time of the day. Like, you know, maybe eight or nine was like the latest. Wow, they're open until nine. And they usually were closed like on Sunday. And then I forget who it was that started saying, we're going to be open seven days a week. What? Then someone came after and said, and then we're going to do 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You don't need to do that, you know. God wants you to have a day of rest. Yeah, off on Sunday. That's a good thing. It's good to take a break every week. Take a break. A day of rest. You know, the best way to rest is to be in his presence. To let him fill you up, to worship him, let him strengthen you. Man, there's such an a, a anointing and presence here. 
Freedom is union with God. Nothing between you and Him. Freedom is a purchased right through the blood of Jesus to daily experience God's glory in your private, personal life. Freedom is being empowered, we said last week, by the Holy Spirit to live out your God-created identity. Being empowered by the Holy Spirit to live out your God-created identity, to be your God-created self. And this is where we're going to finish today. We want to equip you to know and walk in the reality of your God-created identity. We want to equip you through relationship with the one who made you to live your life being your God-created self. Is it possible for someone to go through life not knowing who they really are? Not talking about amnesia. I'm talking about cognizant, aware people going through life not knowing who they really are. Oh, come on. That's not possible. Yes, it is. And it's happening every day. Multitudes of people going through their daily work and activities and the responsibilities they have in their lives and they have no idea who they really are. Kind of frightening in a way, isn't it? How is that possible? Because the reality of your true identity is found through relationship with the one who made you. You know, your mom and dad or your children or your cousins or your boss at work doesn't know who you really are. There's only one who really knows who you truly are. And it's the one who made you. That's just cool, isn't it? To know that I'm made by the one who is love that I'm handcrafted, custom-made by the maker of heaven and earth. And he's the only one who knows the truth about me. So you can go through your whole life, and many have done it, not knowing who you really are because you're not in a relationship with the one who made you. In fact, I mean, would you really like to know who you are? The reality of your true identity can only be found by giving your whole self to the one who made you. There's nothing frightening about that. That's thrilling. 
That is the most satisfying thing you will ever know. The only way to truly know who you were made to be is to freely, of your own free will, give yourself to the one who made you. We did a marriage. Uh, Amandio and Grace, are you here this morning? I don't see them. But part of the Highway family, Amandio and Grace were married yesterday. If you're watching, we love you guys. And that's we were talking about what a marriage is. A marriage is a giving of your total self. Giving your whole self to your spouse. Anything less is not marriage. Marriage was God's idea, and it's meant to be a representation of the relationship he wants with us. He wants us to give our whole self to him. You know he's given his whole self to you? Do you know Jesus can't be fake with you? He doesn't know how to be fake. He doesn't know how to put on a, a facade or a poker face. He's always true, and he'll never lie to you. He'll never deceive you. He'll never lead you in the wrong direction. In fact, he said something that changed my life when I was 19 years old. And I read it in John 14, 6. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And that was something that changed my whole life because he showed me that truth is not a personal belief. Truth is not something that I generate in my mind by studying. Truth is not a religious tradition. It's not a philosophy. That truth is actually the person of God. It's the person of God. And we're talking about your real identity. That word identity is an interesting word. It comes from identical, meaning the same. You are made in the image, the likeness, the sameness of God, your true identity. (laughs) Did you know that? Comes from the Latin word, which means the same. Your true identity is the very image of the one who made you. I hope you're receiving this. There's a presence here that's, that's revealing things to us. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's a peaceful presence, but participate. Engage your faith. Putting your faith in anyone or anything other than Christ keeps the real you from living. This is not a religious statement. It's not a political statement. It's just the truth. Putting your faith in anything or anyone other than Christ keeps the real you from living. Your true identity was murdered by sin. Sin murdered the real you. 
horrible, horrible tragedy. Sin was the death of the real you. All of us were murdered by sin. All of us have sinned. All of us have said no to God and yes to sin. Christ came to bring the real you back to life and to prosecute your murderer. Christ came to resurrect your true identity. John chapter 3. Can we put that up there? Verse 3. John 3, 3. Jesus is talking with a religious expert who didn't understand what Jesus was saying and that such is the case with most religious experts today. They couldn't recognize God if He was standing right in front of them. But they know their traditions and their, and their doctrines. Jesus said to this religious expert who wanted to know how it, you know, how, how could you be doing all these miracles that you're doing, Jesus? God must be with you. And Jesus said something that we all need to hear. He said, most assuredly, remember Jesus can't be fake. I say to you, unless one is born Again, true identity. He came to resurrect your true identity. Unless one is born again, he cannot see. Wow, that's quite a statement. He cannot see the kingdom of God. He's not talking about going to heaven. He's talking about experiencing God right now. If you're not born again, you can't see, you can't perceive God. There are other spirits that will come to you and tell you they're God and try and lead you into a a false spirituality, a spirituality that's based on untruths and, and, and deception. But you can't perceive the one who made you if you're not born again. You can't recognize him. You can't experience him. You can't understand him. Put the Passion Translation up there. Before a person can perceive, you got it, that's good. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom, God's kingdom realm, There are two realms, right? There's the natural realm and there's the spirit realm. Whether you believe it or not, they're still there. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm, they must first experience a rebirth. They have to be made alive by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we said during our communion time, Just like your natural body has five senses, sight, smell, taste, touch, hearing, your spirit has five senses. Your spirit can see things your body can't. The spiritual senses are much more powerful than your physical senses. When your spirit was murdered by sin, 
your natural senses became dominant. Your natural body began to dominate you. And whatever your body wanted to do, you did. You began to be led by your flesh. That's the opposite of what God wanted. We were made to be dominated by our spirit. For our spirit to lead our mind and our body. When we died to sin, everything got flipped backwards. And our body and our mind began leading our dead spirit. So Jesus is revealing to us how to live out your true identity. There are only two things you need to do. First, you've got to be born again. Well, how how can I be born again? You can say, listen, buddy, I've got a birth certificate. And I've got a driver's license. I have my ID. All those are are man's acknowledgement of your natural birth and your natural self. That's all that they are. Your true identity is in your spirit. And there's no piece of paper that man can give you to validate that. Only the word of Jesus. Your true ID is in your spirit. Now look at verse 6 of the same chapter. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Jesus loves you too much. To not tell you the truth. When you love someone, you'll be honest with them. Because you value them too much. To play play games with them. To lead them in a wrong direction. Jesus says the flesh gives birth to flesh. Your natural birth was a natural birth. But in order for the real you to come alive, you need a spiritual birth. Wow. Now, what do I, how in the world am I going to get, where am I going to get that from? Nicodemus, we haven't read it, but we're going to move on. He said, what do I got to do? Crawl back into my mother's womb? That's when Jesus responded to him. He said, I'm talking about your spirit, bub. (laughs) So how, how can my spirit be made new? Well, if you go to man's religion, you're going to get a long, hard, impossible to fulfill list. But if you go to Jesus, you find it's very simple. You believe. In fact, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, that's not talking about going into a booth. That's a word that means speak. Forget the booth. Please forget the booth. If you want the real you to come alive, please forget the booth. I'm going to make a t-shirt. Forget the booth. If you say, if you declare with your mouth, Isn't that funny how religion is? We say a word and they think of a booth. How religion can train you. When the Bible says confess, it's not talking about going into a booth. It's talking about making a statement from your heart. It says if you confess Jesus is Lord, 
In other words, I am declaring Jesus as the Lord of my life. This is Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 in the New Testament. That if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. I wish someone would have told me that when I was growing up. And we were in church every week getting heavy weights put on top of us. And they never told me this. It was so simple. I just had to believe in what Christ did for me. Just believe. And then I had to decide that he was going to be my Lord. Jesus, and I said this at age 19, right before my 20th birthday, I said, Jesus, be Lord of my life. And the real me came alive. I went almost 20 years living a lie. Faith in Christ makes your spirit brand new. In fact, Jesus in John chapter 1 is, we're told, is the Word of God. We could say it this way. Faith in God's Word brings the real you to life. Now the Bible is the written Word and Jesus is the living Word. Obviously, Jesus came long before this book was ever put together, right? Nevertheless, if you'll study the actual history of this Word, it will amaze you the way that each one of these books is put together is beyond what man could do. And, and maybe sometime we'll get into the details of that, but if you want to read an excellent book uh, to understand how these 66 books were assembled, it's called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. He was a man, I don't, was he a lawyer? I forget. I don't think so, but I don't remember. But he was a man who was trying to disprove the Bible. He wanted to show that this was not the Word of God. And what he ended up, he did extensive research, and, and what he ended up finding is, oh, this is the Word of God. And there are many like that throughout history. And I realize, and please understand me, that this book has been wrongly used. It's been used legalistically to beat people up and to manipulate people into submission. But don't let the wrong thinking of man keep you from the thinking of God in this book. Don't let man's religious ignorance keep you from reading the Word of God. If, if you're not in this book and get a hard copy book, and now I've got a, it's not as thick as this, but I've got a lot of stuff in the beginning and the end, different things, indexes and maps. But if you don't have a hard copy Bible, you'll never know who you really are. This book is alive. I know it's paper and ink and we can toss it in the, in the trash and it will just over time deteriorate, but it's a written representation of the living Word of God. Hmm. Well, let's get, we'll, we'll get into that in just a moment. So to 
know your true identity, to live and be your God-created self, only two things need to be done. First, you need to be born again. You need to let the Holy Spirit make the real you come alive so that your, your mind and body could be under the authority of your recreated spirit, right? So first, you've got to be born again. And second, you've got to renew your mind. You've got to let the Word of God change your thinking. This is so important because the way you think is the way you'll live. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong, right? What I believe doesn't make something true, right? And, and we're kind of led to believe that if you believe something is true, it's true, right? I believe Gronkowski is going to play for the Pats this year. Is that true? No. But I believe it. doesn't matter. Same is true with anything in life. What I believe matters not in terms of truth. But what I believe is important because it, it can either keep me from experiencing the truth or open the door for truth to come into my life. Remember, truth is a person, Christ, right? Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and I think we've gone over this maybe three Sundays now. One of the most important scriptures in the Bible because there are those who have been born again, but they haven't changed their thinking. And they're still, they're legalistic, they're, they're afraid, they're angry, they're um, depressed, they're frustrated, and they haven't changed the way they're thinking. If you'll just think like God thinks, your, like God thinks, your whole life will change. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, God invites you to think his thoughts after him. He's saying, I want you to see things like I see them. I want you to believe as I believe. I want you to know as I know. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed. And we learn, we know what that is. That's being changed from the outside, right? Pressure put on you from the outside to try and change you. It says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That's power from the inside changing you. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So if I don't renew my mind, if I don't allow the Word of God to transform me, am I going to know what God's will is? Nope. Am I going to know who I really am? No. No. In fact, look at the message translation of this same verse. Let's go back to verse 1, actually, in the message. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. God wants to help you. Trick question for you. Have you ever read in the Bible, God helps those who help themselves? Good for you. It's not in the Bible. God never said that. Amazing the things that people say is in the Bible. I read it, I'm like, that's not in here. That's not in the Bible. God helps those who help themselves. That's, that's the wisdom of man. The Bible said God helps those who believe in him. 
God will help anyone who believes. Just believe. Believe that he loves you. Believe that he is who he says he is. God helping you. God's going to help you do this. God's going to assist the real you to take control. God's going to assist the real you to live a victorious life and to fulfill your destiny. God's going to help you. Taking your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Give your whole self to the one who made you. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Verse 2, listen to this, this is so good. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. And boy, that can happen if you're not purposeful in your decisions. Instead, fix your thoughts, your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Nothing like it. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. The best thing you can do is say yes to the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, he's speaking to you right now. Respond to it quickly. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you. Develops well-formed maturity in you. The Passion Translation, verse 2. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Through a total reformation of how you think. Can you trust God with your thoughts? Of course you can. Do you know your thoughts are the most important part of you? Because what you end up thinking on long enough becomes a belief. And your beliefs become the foundation of your life. doesn't matter if they're true. If you think on something long enough, you'll start believing it's true. I mean, marketing has made a fortune off of this, right? If they can get you to see and hear something enough times, eventually you're going to accept it unless... You're fixing your attention on the one who made you. It's amazing the strategies to try and get you to accept things that man has implemented. That governments have implemented throughout history. That if we can just tell them this long enough, they'll believe it. I better be real careful here because I'm about to say some things. Do you believe in this pandemic? It's a man-made declaration. It's a pandemic that never was. Generated by fear, greed, 
and agendas, whether you believe it or not. You'll see things very differently when you fix your attention on Jesus. You'll see things that people are afraid of are not to be feared at all. Transformation, becoming a mature, the mature you, the real you, the strong you, the God's destiny you, the the devil under your feet you, the full of joy and love and peace you. You know, maturity is an awesome thing. I love babies. We, We had so much fun with our kids when they were little. But, you know, they make a mess. You got to wrap them up or they'll just everywhere. <laughs> you do. I mean, you, go, you, you, know, you know, diapers are one of your greatest needs as a new parent, right? And, boy, you better have a good, good helping of them, right? Good supply. Why? Because immature people make messes. They do. Have you ever tasted baby food? (laughs) Do you know why they eat that stuff? Because they're immature. (laughs) Never would I taste baby food again. It doesn't taste good. Like, I don't know what those mashed carrots are, but they don't taste like carrots to me. I think it's a marketing scheme or something. I don't know. (laughs) But why? Because they don't have any teeth, they can't chew. Man, they can't have filet mignon, medium rare, with garlic and onions. And Come on. They can't have lobster tails and, and frutti de mare and calamari. Huh? They don't know what to do with that stuff. They'll just smack it and throw it and rub it on their face. That's what you look like going through life without your mind being renewed. You're a mess. You're a mess. You got stuff all over your face. You're confused. You don't know where to go, what to do. God wants you to grow and become mature and take a big bite of him. Jesus is the bread of life, and he wants you to chew and to eat and to know how to make decisions in your life that will move you forward in his destiny for your life. It's an interesting thing. We talked about this word transformation in Romans 12 too, and it's the the Greek word metamorphos, where we get our metamorphosis from and and where where we talk about their insects. We talked about a tadpole last week that goes through this metamorphosis, and there is the, the monarch butterfly very uh, well-known in North America, that goes through this metamorphosis from a little pupae. I don't know what you call those little things, a little caterpillar. Uh, This is really cool. Check this out. This little caterpillar that was made to be a beautiful butterfly. And aren't butterflies amazing? People have collections of them because they're just so graceful. And they're almost, their wings look so thin, and, and they just, 
And then you look at the design on their wings, like, who painted that? That's amazing, right? But this little caterpillar looks nothing like its God-created self when it's immature. You would never, you, you would put a mature but monarch butterfly next to a caterpillar and you'd think they're two totally different creatures if you didn't know what takes place. Well, it's interesting, and I learned about it, in, that there's a, a juvenile hormone in that caterpillar. And that juvenile hormone is supposed to decrease as it grows. If that immaturity doesn't leave its body, it will die. It will never spin its chrysalis. It's not, I guess they don't call it a cocoon. It's supposed to be a chrysalis, right, for this type of creature. So there's this hormone when it's born. They call it a juvenile hormone that's in this caterpillar that is supposed to decrease as it lives, and as it decreases, it enables this caterpillar to mature and to begin to spin its chrysalis and enter into the safety of that chrysalis and go through the metamorphosis into this beautiful butterfly and take off. If this hormone doesn't decrease, it will never become mature, it will never fly, and eventually it will die from dehydration. You know what John the Baptist said about Jesus? In John chapter 3, verse 30, he said, I must decrease. He must increase. Do you know in order to be the real you, that you must decrease, he must increase? What you think is right must decrease. What he's revealed is right must increase in your life. Hallelujah. Man's philosophy of his must decrease in your life. And God's word must increase. Man's religious traditions must decrease in your life. And Jesus must increase. If you want to fly. If you want to be the true you. The, the you that was created by God to fly. Do you believe you were created to fly? What am I talking about? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30, I think it is, that those who hope in him will, will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not get tired. They'll walk and not grow weary. And I notice that when I, I'm getting tired, I, I have to, okay, you know what? I'm really not trusting him moment by moment throughout my day or I wouldn't be as tired as I am. So this is a relationship if you're going to fly where you're trusting Him moment by moment. You're walking with Him as you go through your day. You're not in a hurry. You're letting Him lead and guide you in your daily decisions. When you'll do that, you'll find that you're strong at the end of the day. That you're invigorated Hallelujah. Interesting. There are insecticides that can be used to keep this juvenile hormone from decreasing in this caterpillar. To kill it. You know, Satan has humanicides. 
that He sprays in this world to keep you from becoming mature in Christ? What are they? Religion? Man's religious tradition? Fear? Ignorance of the true knowledge of Him? Condemnation? Selfishness? Greed? Philosophies of man? They're all humanicides that will keep you from becoming mature and flying and going where God created you to go. Let's put it this way. You are the caterpillar and the Word of God is your chrysalis. You're a caterpillar and on these pages is the nourishment, protection, the input that you need to fly. If you don't get in this book and learn how to rightly divide it, it's a big book, I know that. There's 66 books. 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. And it takes time. But your life depends on it. I am amazed of walking with the Lord for, for the number of years that I have, and I'll t- be talking with Christians, and they've never read the things I'm sharing with them in the Bible. They've never read it. I've, I've had people tell me I've never read the Old Testament. And they've been a Christian for years. Why? Do you know Jesus in his ministry used the Old Testament entirely? Do you know he went face to face with the devil? Do you know what he used to whip the devil? The Old Testament. Thank God for the New Testament. I'm all about that. We're New Testament believers. But there is a wealth of victory for you when you understand the Old Testament. I know there's a lot of stuff in there. But hey, you know what? Why don't you just try this? Why don't you just get a hard copy Bible Get alone somewhere in your, your, your home, your apartment, out, you know, outside somewhere where no one's going to bother you, and just open to Genesis chapter 1, you know, and, and say, Holy Spirit, reveal Christ to me. And don't read it with any preconceived ideas. As you begin reading, let the Holy Spirit reveal Christ to you. In Genesis 1, yeah. Now, I, didn't, I started reading the Bible in John in, in 1989 when I was 19 years old. And that's what I did before I opened it. I said, okay, God, I want to know you. Show me, show me who you are. And I opened to John chapter 1, that's the, and that's a great place to start. You can start there if you like. And just began reading. And the Holy Spirit revealed Christ to me. He'll do the same for you if you'll just believe if you'll just trust him. Hallelujah. Satan is doing all he can to try and keep you from knowing God's word. There is no book that has been criticized, burned, tried to get rid of like this book. Do you know there's no book that even comes close 
to the amount of printed copies there are. I mean, the best-selling book in the world is this book. And, and like the next one down the line is like not even close. No other book has been printed more than this one. Don't you think there's like a, maybe some significance to that? <laughs> and I know it's been wrongly used. I understand that. I get it. Believe me. I've been on the wrong end of that. And it hurts. This book will kill you if you're legalistic. It will. It's not the book, but you're wrong. You're legalistic thinking. Understand what I'm saying? The Bible is not the problem. It's man's ignorance of God's true nature that's the problem. All right? Let me just read you a few scriptures before we close about the Bible. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful. See, you're going to need this. You're going to need the power in this book to walk all over the devil in your life. If you don't know this book, you're toast for the devil. Telling you. Listen, if Jesus couldn't beat the devil without knowing the word, don't you think we need to know it? And if you look in Matthew in the New Testament, if you look in the Gospels when Jesus when Satan came to Jesus face to face combat Jesus didn't swing his fist didn't pull out an Uzi he said it is written he came at Satan the prince of this world the prince of darkness simply by declaring the word of God with his mouth and believing in his heart and we do the same thing in our spiritual battle but if Satan comes to you and you don't have any bullets, you don't know how to respond to the lies he's speaking to you, you're, you're done for. If you don't know anything, just shout Jesus. <laughs> Until you get some knowledge of the word in you, you can always call on Jesus. But learn who you are in here. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. That's a revelation right there. You mean yeah. there's a difference between my soul and my spirit? Oh, yeah. And man is clueless in this area. Man says body and mind. Or they'll say body, mind, and spirit. Uh-uh. Spirit, soul, and body. Man has it backwards. You have a soul. What's your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. They're tools that God has given you, but they are not who you are. They're just equipment that is attached to your spirit. Okay? That means you can have thoughts in your head, but don't be discouraged. That doesn't mean that's who you are. Your spirit is the real you. Your soul is simply equipment you've been given to process things. And your spirit and your soul are living in a physical body. Your spirit and soul can't be separated, but if they leave this body, no life. That's what man calls death. Spiritual death is being separated from God. Faith in Christ reunites us with Him. 
piercing even to the dividing. See, you need to under, you're going to need to know the word so that you can tell what's coming from your spirit and what's coming from your soul. That's what the scripture is saying here. Boy, God is giving us some very important revelation here, and I hope you're grabbing a hold of it. it. If you want to be the real you, you're going to have to discern what is your soul talking and what is your spirit talking, because they will not agree until you train your, and renew your mind. There are many times your feelings will challenge what your spirit says. You won't feel the way God says you are. But you can change the way you feel by believing God's Word. Your soul can be transformed by faith in your spirit. People are trapped in their soul by their feelings and their thoughts. And they don't realize that's not who they are. There is an infinitely greater power if they just go a little deeper into their spirit. By believing the Word of God, it gives us the ability to divide asunder the soul and spirit, to recognize the difference. Who's talking to me right now? Is it my soul or my spirit? And of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Wow. When I read that, I wrote that down 30-some years ago. I've got to have that, I said. I need this verse in my heart. So I wrote it down. I memorized it. Next verse I memorized. Well, I memorized a bunch of 2 Timothy 3.16. Another verse about the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Oh, Satan hates that I'm telling you this. It's the last thing he wants you to know. Because the answer for every issue of your life is right here. Right in this book. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. That's a word actually in the Greek means mature, lacking nothing, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hmm. Boy, oh boy. Let me just... See how much more we can get in here. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to James 1, 23. These are all scriptures about the Word of God. The Bible validates itself. The Bible answers itself. It's a living book. James 1, 23 through 25. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. What does a baby do when it looks in a mirror? Right? Doesn't do anything. Just might slap it. But it doesn't change. Doesn't say, oh, I didn't know I had that on my face. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, napkin, please. No. What do we do when we look in the mirror? Ooh. Uh, I need a tissue, I need a, I need a shave, I need to wash my face, I need to brush my teeth. We realize as we look in the mirror the things we need to do. God's Word is like that. You look in here, you'll see the, the steps you need to take for the real you to come alive, for the real you to gain ascendancy in your life. 
For once he has looked at himself and goes away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law of liberty and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Notice God calls his word liberty, freedom. So you know someone, if someone's in this book and they're all in bondage and legalistic, they haven't understood it. They're ignorant. They've come to wrong conclusions. But if you rightly divide this word, it'll set you free. Last scripture, John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, that means live in it, not hear it once a week, where it becomes everything to you. When I first read this, I went out and bought a notebook, and this is back in the day before smartphones and PDAs, and I went out and got a notebook at the store. I paid money for it. I got, I got pens to write in. I put it in my backpack. So when I would read this book, when something hit me, I would get out my notebook, and I would write down the book, the chapter, and the verse, or verses. And then I, I ended up filling up notebooks, and now my phone has a ton of them on there. But I ended up memor- memorizing hundreds, if not more, scriptures from the, from the Word because they gave me life, and they enabled me to whip the devil at every turn. <laughs> Things he tried to put on me, but he couldn't because the Word of God was in me. If you abide in my Word, live in it, you are, this is my most precious possession in this world, without exception. You can have anything else, but you can't have this. I'll fight you to the death for this. I'm not kidding. That's how important this is to me. If you abide in my word, you are, it's good to have that kind of commitment. Might not be politically correct, but you're going to need that level of commitment to win in life. Political, political correctness prepares people to fail, to be touchy and get offended easily, and to be wimpy, whiny babies. This will make you strong and undefeatable. If you abide in my word, live in it. You are my disciples indeed. And look at verse 32. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. So what if I don't abide in it? I'm lost. I'm not going to know it. I'm not going to be free. This makes you free. When you get it in your mind and let it transform you and begin practicing it. No other way. The real you is worth it. Come on, the real you is worth this level of commitment. You're too important to God and you're too important to what's going on in this world right now to not enter in to this level of commitment with the one who made you. You're too valuable. You're too important 
This, listen, you are brought into this earth to make a mark in this world that can never be erased. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Oh, Jesus, your love for us gives us a whole different vantage point. We see things very differently now because of your love for us. Holy Spirit, show each person here and those that are watching from home how valuable they are. You don't take a precious gem and toss it in your garage and forget about it. You buy a a safe to keep it in you. You prepare a place for it because you value it. Lord, I pray that by your Spirit, everyone hearing this message will begin to value who they are in you and who you've made them to be and realize how important their life is, that it's not to be wasted. They're not to go another step apart from you, not to take another breath apart from you, to waste no more time Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just close your eyes. We're just going to let the Holy Spirit strengthen and encourage you right now. Let him give you a a fresh new picture of yourself. Let him show you who he created you to be. Strong. Full of joy. Perfect love. healthy, a sound mind. (sighs) At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.